Podcast, highlighting the Word of God to those who have an ear to hear. Here's your host, Olivier Istiak. What's up, what's up, everyone? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Sowing the Seed Podcast. I am your host, Olivier, and today I am super thankful, as always, for you to be here and just hear about the Lord and what he's doing in and around me. And I have a little testimony actually to start off with. Um, something crazy happened actually today and I couldn't wait. Uh, it's actually 2.35 a.m. right now. And uh, I'm just so stoked and just so happy that the Lord, you know, just did what he just did. And so oh, one of my good friends from church, his name is Brandon. Uh, I met him obviously at the new church that I'm going to. And, uh, you know, I invited him over tonight to you know, get to know him and understand, uh, you know, how his walk came to be with the Lord, because obviously he had heard my podcast and my, you know, testimony about how I came to the Lord. And so you know, I really want to have him on the show in the future. And I'm going to fast forward because obviously we had, you know, great conversations and a very, I mean, smart, gracious, humble uh, guy who's just like burning for the Lord and is possibly has his own podcast in the making as well. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. But Fast forwarding, uh, he's getting ready to leave. It's about 1230. You know, I walked him downstairs to his car. And so we, we're, we're sitting down there, not sitting, but we're standing you know, near his car and we start talking about God again, obviously, after spending like several hours talking about God and everything. And so, um, you know, I, I sparked the conversation with saying, have you ever thought about how amazing it would be or how amazing it will be when you're on the other side? in heaven or on the new earth and we get to ask jesus we get to ask the father all the questions that we wanted to ask him in this life and so i i told brennan i was like have you ever thought about asking god how did he create himself or i mean obviously we know that god was has been here forever he there's no beginning or ending for him he's always been he is the great i am but it's just so crazy to think how God came to be. And so I just, you know, I just opened it up with that. And uh, we, you know, had our thoughts and ideas about how, but obviously we never really know for sure until, you know, we meet our creator that one day. So yeah, I just started that conversation. And so as we're in the midst of it, there's a guy, mind you, we're out there. It's like, it's like 1230, almost one o'clock at this point, And there's nobody out there. And out of nowhere, I can see my peripheral vision a gentleman that is walking in our direction, but he's, he's a ways out. And so my gaze is kind of going back and forth from Brandon to him. And so the guy is walking and he's far away, but for some reason, I feel like he's coming directly to us. And there was no fear, you know, in me at that point. It was just more so, I don't know this person, but they seem to be very adamant about <laughs> the direction in which they're coming. And so it seems like they're coming to speak to us. 
It's one person, by the way. And so uh, the guy ends up walking up to us, and I'm looking at him, and it was immediately like God had sent this person. And so it was, it was obviously a homeless guy. And, um, you know, he approached us and he was, you can tell he was intoxicated and, uh, you know, just kind of speaking gibberish at first. But one thing about it was that he started telling us about the story of David, David and Goliath. And so we're listening to him and he's, he's recanting the story verbatim of how it happened in the Bible. And, you know, me and Brandon are sitting there at this point and we're looking at each other like, whoa, what's going, you know what I mean? Like he's obviously intoxicated, but he knows the Lord. He knows his Bible. He knows his story. And so we're sitting there. We keep asking him, how do you know that? How do you know that? And uh, he just kept like, you know, going on and on, not really paying much attention to the questions that we had. And so finally it got to a point where he was just like talking, talking, talking. And so Brandon like stepped up to the plate and said, hey, brother, uh, can I pray for you? And the guy kind of looked at us and just kept talking. And then Brendan kind of <laughs> raised his voice and was like, hey, brother, can we pray for you? Seriously, can we pray for you? And so he didn't, he, he's like, no, you can't pray for me. I'm not going to, no, no. And so he was against it. And so, I don't know, for some reason, I just felt like not bribing him, but offering something to him in, in return of prayer, of allowing us to pray for him. So I offered him, I said, hey, brother, if I give you some money, will you allow us to pray for you? And I'm, I'm sharing this not to toot my own horn by any means, but just to show you um, you know, how God works and how he moves. And so offered him that as soon as, you know, he realized that I was, you know, willing to give him some money, you know, he was open to the idea of prayer at that point. We're standing there and, uh, lay hands on him, obviously. And, uh, he bows his head and he starts allowing us to pray for him. And as we're praying for him, glance at him and he starts crying. And so Brandon is praying for him. He starts crying. And then my turn comes to pray for him. And I start praying. And out of nowhere, he just starts shaking. And, you know, you can tell that once I asked the Lord to just come into his heart and just, you know, fill him with his presence, you can tell that he was touched at that point and that he felt the Lord's presence and tug on his heart. And it was such a beautiful moment because he started crying. And though he walked up to us and he was intoxicated, after the prayer, it was almost as if God had sobered him. And I had never seen that before. I mean, I, I know, obviously, I'd lived in the world before and, you know, had, had drank before. And, you know, there are moments where we have to sober up and we're able to. But it was like this guy had came and he was intoxicated to a point where, you know, he was just speaking gibberish. And like after the prayer, God seriously just like sobered him up so much to a point where his speech became coherent. He was able to talk to us about his life and what had happened and pretty much just give us his story. And so it was a beautiful moment because we were able to fellowship in that moment and just, you know, get to the root cause as to why he was on the street. And I won't go into depth about his story, but what I will say is that he had a hard heart. He knew the Lord, but his heart had been hardened from all the hurt that he had gone through in his life. And, you know, many of us have a lot of hurt that we've gone through. Many of us have been through things in our lives that have separated us from God's love because we've decided that, you know, we want to be independent from God and fix our own issues. And so that was this guy that we had met. And so, you know, he, he kept telling us more about his story. And it was a beautiful story in terms of just like his, him overcoming a lot of obstacles, obviously, to keep his faith. 
So we spoke a little longer and, um, you know, we stayed there for maybe an hour and talked more and just, you know, touched base on many different topics. And so it was getting late at that point And, you know, I wanted to obviously get back upstairs, but I wanted to leave him with another prayer. And so we exited in prayer and I, I just prayed a prayer that I had never prayed before. And it was just, it was so special and so significant to him. And I was saying things that obviously may have been provoked by the Holy Spirit. Not may have, it was actually indeed the Holy Spirit that was putting these things in my mind because as I was saying them, there were specific things that I was praying for. His broken heart, a relationship with his son, um, you know, his family to be back in relation with him and just for certain things to happen. And so, you know, as I'm praying for him, like you can tell like this guy is going through all the emotions because he knows that God is talking to his heart at this point through me and through Brandon. And so we're sitting there and the guy just starts bawling his eyes out, bawling his eyes out. And we're sitting there and we just give each other a big old hug and we tell each other like we love each other and that, you know, God is real. God is always there. God is always faithful. And uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional now because it's like, man, like God loves us so much. And if we were just to press into his relationship like we should, we would be in such a better state of mind. Our hearts would be softened. We would love more. We would accomplish more. And we would walk in purpose. And so I tell this story just to show you that no one is ever too far gone from receiving and feeling God's love. And in that moment, it felt like God gave him, uh, you know, peace. The Bible talks about the Lord giving peace that surpasses understanding. And so in that moment, it felt like the Lord was giving him that. And so I, I pray in Jesus' name that, you know, from that or from this night moving forward, this guy may feel and continue feeling that peace that God gave him in that moment. One thing about it is that when you come to know the Lord, you realize, yes, there are tough seasons in which you go through with him, but he is always the author of every story. And if you just allow him to continue authoring your story and digging deeper and deeper into relationship with him, you'll realize and you'll hear from him and you'll know when to move and when not to move. And so it was just such a powerful, powerful night. And I'm just so thankful that God, you know, placed that in my path and in Brandon's path. And it's so crazy. Another reason why I'm telling this story is because before I started this podcast, one of the things I was nervous about was being able to express myself, being able to fully express the message that God has been putting on my heart. And it was a situation that I had prayed to God to open my voice box, to give me clarity, to give me confidence to speak about him and to just be sure in what I was proclaiming. And so right, I want to say a week before I started the podcast, or started recording, I'm sorry, the podcast had already been an idea and in motion, but I hadn't recorded anything. And I kept praying. I said, God, I need the confidence. I need you to place in my heart without a shadow of a doubt, not to question myself in any area. I want to say a three days or probably two days later, uh, my worship leader at, uh, at church reached out to me and he said, hey, brother, are you able to, uh, to join us this Friday night and actually do the announcements and maybe give a testimony and a good word and prayer? And I'd never been asked to lead anything at church before. And so I was sitting there and I was like, God, is this you giving me an opportunity to show myself that I'm capable of doing this and speaking 
in front of the masses and being confident in my abilities and being obedient to your word and your promises. And it was, God literally put that in my, you know, path and I was obedient enough to accept it. And though I was nervous because I was very nervous, it went so well. And it was almost a clarity type of thing where God was giving me the right of way, you know, giving his son the keys and saying, start this. And I'll never forget that. And, and so, you know, fast forwarding to this night where, you know, we end up praying for the gentleman that walked up to us. It was another thing that's been on my heart with uh, evangelizing and just talking to people in real life, you know, not, just, not through the podcast, but just walking up to certain people and just having conversations about God. And so it was on my heart. It wasn't anything I prayed for, but it was something on my heart that, my God, how am I, how do I approach people on the street? How do I talk to people that I don't know about you? It's such a nerve-wracking type of thing. Like, how do I do that? And so once again, God put this in my path to show me how it works, how it's possible, that through obedience, God will always give you a way. You see, the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, I can't do, I couldn't do this on my own. I couldn't possibly do it on my own to the point of, thinking about something, putting it forth and it working. You see, everything happens because God is in the midst. The Holy Spirit is in the midst. The Holy Spirit is the one giving me the words, giving us the words to say when we don't have them. So what we have to understand as believers and unbelievers, we have to realize that we don't only live in this physical realm, that we are able to see, feel, touch, and hear and interpret things from our surroundings. We also live in a spiritual world in which there are angels and demons at work. There's the Holy Spirit in the midst that is working all things for the better of the believer. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, the gentleman that I prayed for that night, he was being oppressed. He was being spiritually oppressed by a demonic force that wouldn't allow him to you know, have his say in what he wanted to share. You know, he walked up, he was speaking gibberish, he was not himself, and obviously under the influence of drugs and alcohol, which obviously caused a chink in his armor in which the enemy, the devil, was able to send his henchmen in to be able to oppress him and to be able to control him. And so even, even as Christians, you know, we, we cannot be possessed, but we can be oppressed. And that comes in the form of our sin. Every time that we sin, every time that we go against the knowledge of God, we open a portal in which the enemy can come now and have his way. You see, when you come to the realization of what the Holy Spirit actually is, you remember a time when you felt conviction of your own sin. You remember that time where, you know, you started feeling bad you know, sorrow, a godly sorrow for the things that you were doing that you knew were wrong. And so our first encounter with the Holy Spirit is when he convicts us of our sin. He shows us that none of us can live up to the righteousness of Jesus. And he also reveals to us that the judgment that is coming to those who die without the Savior is everlasting fire. As we repent of our sins, as we confess them, as we receive the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit now has the opportunity to come and regenerate that dead inner human spirit that we have. The spirit in which 
We became so used to living in our flesh, to our desires, and to the things that we thought were important before. Now the Holy Spirit comes and begins to give us sensitivity to those sins, sensitivity to those spiritual things that God is calling us to value over the fleshly ones. And so that's the initial encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, after that confession, repentance, and the free gift of salvation, there's a second work that the Holy Spirit does. He baptizes the believer. This is available to all and a gift of empowerment, helping the believer to live a holy life. You see, when you become baptized, that is, that is where the Holy Spirit is now imparted unto you. The Holy Spirit becomes the helper. We become more like Jesus and are directed to do the Father's will because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling within us. But see, just accepting this gift, doesn't, it doesn't end there. You see, every time that we are in the battle, every time that we are waking up to a new day, we have a new opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit. And to give you an understanding of what an invitation looks like, the Lord says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. He's a gentleman. He will knock. He will give you signs. He will speak through many different people to you about him so that you may come to him. However, he's not going to force you. You have the free will to decide whether you want to live with God and be in his presence or live outside of his presence and separated from him. That is the way in which the Holy Spirit works as well. We have to continuously invite the Spirit to live not only within us, but to dwell with us throughout our day, throughout our entire lives. You see, when I'm feeling powerless, when I'm feeling tired, when I feel like I'm failing at life, and my confidence may not be where it needs to be, I know I'm not alone. I can lean not on my own understanding, but on the Spirit, on the Word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that sustains me, that energizes me, that keeps me on this holy path that I'm walking towards. You see, what leaning on your own understanding does is it separates you from God in the sense that you think that you are the author of your own story. Meaning you think that you can sanctify yourself. You think that you can fix the problems that you're coming in contact with. The Holy Spirit is the one that actually sanctifies us. Sanctification actually means to be set apart as sacred. So essentially, the purification of sin and spiritual maturity to become Christ-like is actually done through the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day. You see, it's a daily process that we're going through to become sanctified. We deny ourselves each day and pick up our cross, and that is where the change happens. The Holy Spirit wants to help us in the process of sanctification, in which we die to our old self and we become new. We become free from the entanglement of sin, and we live victoriously in the purpose that God has set forth for us. One beautiful thing that I want to actually talk about and touch on is that the Holy Spirit is actually the one that gifts you your spiritual gift. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12, Paul says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. 
Every believer has a spiritual gift, and it is given to us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To some, great faith. Others can actually be given the gift of healing. Some can perform miracles. Some are able to prophesy. Others are able to discern when a message is from God versus the enemy. Another gift is the gift of speaking in tongues. But you see, he alone decides which gift each person should have. The Holy Spirit imparts to the believer these gifts that are needed to form the body of the church. See, what's fascinating is that nobody receives all of the gifts, but they are distributed instead among the body. You see, each person has a different gift that will empower them for the calling that God has placed on their lives. We have to embrace what God has put inside of us and be his instrument for his purpose. Now, because of all these spiritual gifts that God gives through the Holy Spirit and the fact that none can have all of the gifts, this is even more reason to get plugged in out of church. This is more reason to have Christian friends, to be in unison, to be in fellowship with fellow believers. We were not meant to walk alone. We were not meant to go through life and be a one-man ministry. Yes, there are seasons where God is calling you to be separated, to walk alone, but that should never be for an extended period of time where you forget what community looks like. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. This is important to know because we are stronger together than we are apart. That's why revival is coming to this country, because believers are getting together finally and realizing that we are so much stronger against the enemy and his lies when we get together and we start proclaiming the name of God and we start proclaiming his truth and his promises amidst the culture that we live in. You see, us as the visiting team, we need all the help we can get. You know, I like the analogy that, um, you know, I think about when uh, LeBron came back from down 3-1 in that series against Golden State. And for my basketball fans out there, you guys remember what I'm talking about. You know, they're down 3-1, three games to one. They're sitting there and they're going back to Golden State and they have to win two games in a hostile environment where the home team is literally impossible to beat when they're in their home court. And LeBron and his boys, they had to band together. They had to believe that it was possible. And the fact that they came back home and finished the deal was like, yo, that's so reminiscent of where we are in our lives as believers. We are down 3-1. The enemy has us up against the wall right now. Victory is already won, yes, but we have to proclaim and walk in that victory. We're coming back from that 3-1 deficit, but we need all hands on deck. So back to the Holy Spirit. John 14 verse 26 says, But the Helper, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And this is powerful because I've experienced this so many times where I'm talking to a believer and, you know, I want to fellowship to them and be able to give some wisdom based off of something I had previously read in the Bible. And I can't pull. I can't pull from it. And it sucks. And it's like in those moments, I'm like, I get frustrated. I'm like, why can I remember what it is that I want to talk about? But what I've started practicing is to pray and invite the Holy Spirit in the midst of the conversation to be able to just pull these things because the Holy Spirit is that spirit of remembrance. Every time I'm getting ready to have a conversation with someone, every time you know, a phone call is being had or a discussion about God or you know, um, where there's some spiritual wisdom that I can impart onto another believer, I will begin to just pray before I begin to speak to them. Because when we invite that Holy Spirit in prayer, that conversation will go way better, 10 times better than it could have been if we were just doing it based on our own will and based on our own ability to remember and to retrieve certain things that God has put on our heart already. And that testimony I shared at the beginning of the podcast with that gentleman that we pray for, there were so many moments in the midst of the conversation where I was able to pull from scripture to back what I was telling him. And for me in previous seasons, I, I wasn't able to do that. I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, I had read my Bible and I had been diligent and fostering a relationship with God, but I, I didn't get to that point where I was able to have conversations and just freely pull from things that I had previously read until I started inviting the Holy Spirit that became a reality and that became something that is a pillar now moving forward to my success as a believer in proclaiming the good news and being a fisherman of men. You see, telling others about Jesus and making disciples is our most important role on this earth. It's literally the last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. You see, what I learned with that testimony that I shared earlier with the gentleman that I prayed for. I learned that having the Holy Spirit with us means having the power to be a witness, to tell people about what Jesus did for them on the cross and how he conquered death and reigns victoriously. So don't shy away from being an advocate or ambassador for Christ. It's what you are called to do. Allow the Spirit to empower you for the kingdom purpose of making disciples.